We've been talking about monsters, and if you're just joining with us today, I'm gonna preach the last three weeks to you in about a minute and a half, okay? Are you ready for it? Is that okay? Some of you guys are thinking, you can't do that, Wes, that's impossible. Here we go. We believe monsters are this, fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, and shame. That's what we've been talking about. Fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, and shame. And I'm gonna add some more monsters to the list today because I believe that maybe some of you guys felt like you missed it, like, like you didn't get mine in there. But I, I wanna make sure that I get one in there for everybody here today. So we believe that monsters, it can be defined as fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, and shame. And here's what we know. Monsters don't live in our closet. They don't live underneath our bed. They live inside of our mind. Monsters live inside of our mind. Here's the problems with the monsters. Fear will frustrate you. Worry will wear you out. Doubt will drag you down. Anxiety will lead you away from God. And shame will silence you. And none of you guys want to be worn out. You don't want to be frustrated. You don't want to be dragged down. You don't want to be led away from God. And you don't want to be silenced. We like to talk a little bit. I mean, I, need, I know I like, to, I like to talk. And so we were not designed to be frustrated. God did not, God did not design you to live a frustrated life. God did not design you to live a, a worn out life. The Bible says that he's come to give you life and give you life to the fullest. John chapter 10. He wants to give you this abundant, overflowing, full Life. And so it's important for you to identify your monsters because if you don't identify your monsters, you will live in, you, these monsters will live inside of you. And if you don't, the Bible, the Apostle Paul says, if we don't snatch up those monsters, they begin to multiply. And the Bible says that we're supposed to take those monsters and we're supposed to demolish them. Every bad thought that seeps into your mind, we've got to catch it and we've got to throw it in a burn pit or we've got to tear it up and we've got to throw it away. But you have to identify your monsters. And then last week we, we talked about we talked about some things that will help us get out of these monsters, get these monsters away from us, and they are this. We, we learned this. The quality of your community determines the quantity of your monsters. The quality of your community determines the quantity of your monsters. We learned last week that monsters love lonely people. If you're lonely in here today, monsters love you. Monsters also love lazy people. If you're not working hard, they'll seep in your mind and they'll, they'll get in there and they will begin to develop in your mind. Or lazy sometimes is really close to loneliness. Maybe if you're staying at home and, and you're isolating yourself, those monsters can fill in your mind, they can fill your heart and they can fill your, fill your whole life. They, sometimes I think those monsters can fill your house up and they begin, to, they begin to get at you. And last week I also mentioned this, that le monsters love leaders. Monsters love leaders. Monsters love leaders. But the quality of your community determines the quantity of your monsters. I loved that message last week, but I said something that I shouldn't have said last week. <laughs> and I'm mad because here's the deal. You got to be careful what you say. Here's why it's important for you to be careful what you say. Because the devil's listening to you. The devil's, believe it or not, God's listening to you because he's always there with you. But the enemy, he's listening to you. Whatever you speak out loud. And sometimes the, the enemy, he forgets your weakness. Sometimes the, forget, the, the enemy forgets where you're headed at. Sometimes the enemy doesn't know where you're headed at. And so he, if you say something, if you declare where you're headed, the enemy is going to try to, try, to, try to destroy that. Whenever God promises deliverance and God says, hey, I'm going to do something, I'm going to deliver you to something good, the enemy comes up and says, I'm going to destroy you, I'm going to distract you, and I'm going to bring all kinds of destruction your way. I'm going to bring havoc. Whenever God wants to bring some deliverance or he wants to develop you, the enemy is saying, hey, let's distract him, let's destroy him. And so the last week I, mentioned, I made this comment. You guys will remember it because I said it this last week and you guys are really, really good listeners. And I said this. I said, I don't struggle with a lot of monsters because I have a lot of quality. I have a lot of, a lot of community around me. I have a lot of guys around me all the time. I'm always around people. People are always, always around me and I'm always around them. But I, I got stuck this past week in my backyard. My wife was having her birthday um, uh, my wife turned, uh, my wife's birthday was Friday and I told my wife, she's like, hey, I'm having this party. I want some lights in my backyard. I said, babe, I got this. And I want to let every man in here know today, you would have been so proud of me. I mean, I went to home, I went to Lowe's. 
I'm already doing, I'm already doing good. And uh, I walk in there, I had my chest out. I was so confident. I knew which aisle to go to. So here's what I did. I, I, I got these, she wants to hang these lights. And she's like, um, Wes, we need some four by four posts in the backyard. And we got to get them in the ground and we got to get them cemented. I said, like, I got this, babe. I'm going to, I'm going to just, just, I got this. No problem. So I go there day one. I get some, and I, I, I research. I'm like, I, I'm going to put these, these, these four by four posts in the ground. And I'm like, how deep they got to be in there if they're eight feet. And I'm trying to figure out all the numbers. And so I got these eight foot, I got these eight foot posts. I'm going to put them in the ground uh, to almost two feet. And so they're, oh, I bought these 10 foot posts. I'm going to put them in the ground two feet. And they're going to be eight feet out of the ground. This is, this is perfect. I buy three, I put them in the ground, I'm good. I say, hey, hun, hun, can you come help me? I got this, but I just need your help. So she came outside, I took my shirt off, threw some water on me and looked really sweaty. And, you know, I painted the picture, right? You know, so I, I said, just hold them right there, babe. I'm gonna put the concrete in there. We're gonna put the water in there. I just wanna make sure that you're level. I wanna make sure you like it, hun. I made it seem like I needed it. I'm like, babe, I wanna make sure they're level the way you like it. Like your level is different than my level. <laughs> come on, guys, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A little level would have been fine for me. Like in the ground would have been level. My wife, she, I was like, babe, we have a level. She's like, babe, we do. I said, yeah, hun. She has to go get the level. It's in the garage. I got some more water. Put some more water on myself. Look, I'm sweating still, you know. I said, we're going to put this th these things right here and make sure the level. I said, babe, take that level. Now, when the bubbles are in the middle, that means it's level, sweetie. I said, but don't just put it on one side. Put it on two sides. Like, I'm just, like, going extra with this thing. I want her to, I want her to think I've got this. Now, I can't do a whole lot, but I can put posts in the ground. So I dig these holes. I put the thing in there. And we get in there. I said, babe, I just don't think this is going to look right. We got to add some more posts to the ground. I'm going to go to the store, babe. You don't worry about it. I'm going to go with some more. So she, we said, babe, she goes, how are you going to hang the lights up there? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm putting the post in the ground. You know, I'm like, can I just get credit for putting the post in the freaking ground, you know? <clears throat> she goes, how are you going to hang it? She goes, now, she, so she gets out the lights. And there's always instructions. And guys, we don't need lights. We don't need, we don't need instructions. I had my friend Chris, brand, brand new, uh, Scott. Scott and Chris are brand new to the church. Scott, Scott's in the back. I, this week I said, like, Scott, I got to hang some, some light fixtures just so you guys don't think I'm like gone like super, super manly. I said, Scott, I need to hang some lights, some, some fans in my house. I said, but I don't know how to do that. And so Scott, Scott came over and he helped me hang these lights. And I realized, I, I'm like, Scott's not using directions. And Scott had like three tool bags. I only have one tool bag and it's Mickey Mouse. So I'm like, he's got the big, all you men, you guys know this. I didn't know, but he's got big toolboxes that say Husky on them. Like anything with Husky on it must be manly. He's got these bags. He's got three bags on him. And he came, like, I'm like, are we demolishing the house or are you putting the fan up? Like, he was prepared. He, he, was, he was ready to go. And so he's got these big bags. And he's got volt meter testers. And, like, I'm like, this guy, dude, he's a man. This guy. And he wasn't wearing skinny jeans. So he's got toolbox and he's got loose jeans. I'm like, this is, this is, this is basically a man in America. Today. This guy, he's killing it. So he's putting this thing up. No, no, no instructions. So she goes, hey. So she opens the instructions. I'm like, man, babe, I just saw Scott the other day. He didn't use instructions. Why are we using instruction? That's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out. And so she's like, we got to put guide wire in. And I'm like, look at my phone. I'm like, what is, Siri, what is guide wire? <laughs> she said, we got to put guide wire up. And I don't want to take you guys on too far of a ride, but I put that guide wire up. And there wasn't enough. I went and got, I went and got some more. The, the, I, I did have to ask for help for the guide wire. I said, what, what direction is the guide wire in? I don't even know what it looks like. So I'm like, I'm, he's like, let me take you. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Come on, Holy Spirit. Like, yes, please just show me just for care. I mean, I, I know where it's at, but just you come with me. And 
we measured it. We did it. He bought me, got me some clamps. I got my drill out. I haven't used that drill since I got it like three years ago. I put some holes in this other thing. And I had that thing all fixed up. So I get out there. So I go to start mowing my lawn yesterday. I got those lights up there. I'm like, man, my wife is going to think I am the man. I plug them in. It's daylight, but I plug them in anyways. I want her to know, look how these look good. I got this thing. These lights are tight. They look incredible. They're ready to go. So like, I'm going to mow my lawn. My wife's going to have these people around. This lawn is going to look just plush. I'm gonna, this thing is going to, I'm taking care of her, guys. I'm just doing everything I'm supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Playing my cards right, Fraley. You know what I'm saying? It just makes sense. So I'm out there, and remember I told you guys that the quality of your community determines the quantity of your monster. I told you guys the monsters love loneliness. I'm out there, and the enemy at about 8 a.m., 9 a.m. that morning, it started putting some negative thoughts in my head. And, and the Bible says, and I told you guys last three weeks, like when you have a negative thought, you have to, take capture, you have to capture the negative thought. And you have to capture it, and you gotta, you gotta throw that thing away. So God, the enemy that morning at about eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning, he'd been putting some negative thoughts in, in my head about my, about my leadership. And, and, I, and I realized when he put them in there, they started, to, they started to grow inside of my head at about nine o'clock, and by 11 o'clock, they were full on. And then Satan reminded me that I really didn't plant that seed that, I really didn't plant that seed that morning. I really planted that seed Wednesday at about 10.30. But I didn't address that, I didn't take it a captain. So by Wednesday, I have a monster, not, it's not in my mind, it is on my back. And I'm mowing my lawn, and the worst thing ever happened. My phone died. I didn't charge that night. And when I mow my lawn, it's an hour and 15-minute experience, hour and 30 minutes. I have to have headphones in there because I don't like being lonely because I'm American. Like, we're just not used to quietness. So I'm used to having earbuds in. I'm used to listening to sermons and worship music. And I can usually sing that stuff away, or I can preach that stuff away, or, and I can be out there preaching. That's good. I like that. I'm out there talking as I'm listening to this message. Well, I, my phone died. I'm out there mowing my lawn, and it gets worse. The monster's just like, he's on my back. He's like grabbing me by the leg. I'm trying to mow the lawn. It is just like, you're not a good leader. You're not going to make it. And to make matters worse, it's all over me, and then it begins to rain. Rain is only good if you don't want to get up in the morning and you're, and you're in your bed. Like, it's good for naps. It's good to make your grass look greener. But when you're mowing your grass, the rain is not good. You want your grass to be dry when you're mowing it especially as high as my backyard was, you know what I'm saying? And that monster began to grow me. You're not good. And I began to, I began to, I began to feel the pressure of that monster begin to build, begin to build, begin, and there was nobody around. There was no community there. So who was I going to tell? There was no phone to listen to. There's no, I couldn't. And so I realized, oh, I can, I can figure this out. And I began to talk myself out of him. And Satan, God was like, hey, when you make sure, God told me to tell you guys this. And he told it to me at Mo my lawn party. He's like, hey, be careful what you say out loud because the enemy listens to you. That verse in the Bible says that be careful what you say, or the Bible says speak life and death. If you speak in negative, you're, we said this a few weeks ago, but your life is going in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And I began to speak, those monsters began to get in my mind. They started Wednesday, and I didn't take them captive, and then Friday came, and it was like it was full-blown, and it, it was just festering, and it was like the enemy was just saying, hey, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You're not good enough. You, you don't have what it takes. You're not a good leader. You can't do this. And I began to grow on me, been growing me, been growing me, and I'm like, where's my community? I was alone, so the enemy had my, had my ears loud and clear. And so as I, as I was out there and I'm like, well, God, I mean, surely you, there's got to be a reason for these monsters because I believe this, that anything, everything happens for a reason. There must be something that God's trying to show me. And God wanted me to tell you guys, and what God told me was that Jesus wasn't exempt from monsters. Jesus wasn't exempt from monsters. My dad used to say this to me all the time. People talked about Jesus, and he said, they're going to talk about you. He said it a little bit different than that, but we're in church and I can't say that. But the point is this, that if, the, if Jesus wasn't exempt from monsters, why would I be exempt from monsters? Some of you guys that are sick and dementia after church are going to say, what did your dad say? Tell me now. <laughs> You're not behind your Bible. Tell me what, <laughs> tell me what your dad said. G if Jesus wasn't exempt from monsters, then West Beecham isn't going to be exempt from monsters. 
And so I think sometimes we think, man, I, don't, I wish I could just be more and more and more like Jesus. If, you can't be more and more like Jesus. You know, I, I say this to you guys all the time, but you can't, you, you can love Jesus more, but Jesus can't love you more. Jesus already loves you as much as he's going to love you. He loves you an eternal amount. He loves you an immense amount. And so I want to read a story in the Bible today where, the, where, where Jesus, Jesus is attacked <clears throat> by a monster. And we know that the, the, the greatest monster of all time ever to live will not be the monsters that we'll see at Chunk or Treat tonight, but the monsters, the greatest monsters of all time is the enemy. The Bible says that we got to watch out because there's a roaring lion seeking whom he can tear apart or seeking who he can devour. He loves lonely people. He loves lazy people. He loves leaders. And there's probably some other L words that you could think of that enemy likes those. But if Jesus wasn't exempt from monsters, we aren't going to be exempt from monsters. So we have to go to the Bible. We always have to go to the Bible to figure out how Jesus dealt with his monsters. Because if, if Jesus could deal with those monsters, then so can we. And so the Bible says in John, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 4, the Bible says this, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, that's a good place to be, he returned from the Jordan River. He was out doing some fishing. No, he wasn't. He was out by the water. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and there he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. I'm so thankful. You couldn't handle, none of us in here today, you couldn't handle a monster for 40 days. Not healthily, not, 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 not successfully. It, it would eventually, it would take over, and it would own you. And the enemy, the, the enemy wants to attack you. Man, some of you guys, I, I, I probably misspoke a little bit. The enemy can attack you, but it's, what happens is you can handle a monster, but it'll just drag you down, and then you can't go anywhere. I love being on the trampoline with my kids because once I tackle them, they can't get up. They're not going anywhere. And sometimes the enemy, he likes to get us when we're jumping and we're bouncing. He likes to get us when things are going really, really good. Come on, you guys know what I'm saying. Things are going really, really good, and things are going successful, and you're growing, and guys are doing and then... You get the message that you guys got this week, and you get the, the monsters come after you, and you get the distractions and the frustrations. And, you know, my buddy, he's building a church. Uh, Joby, our overseer, he's building a church, and his church is growing. And they're one service. They're two services. They're three services. They're four services. They're five services. They're building a building in Tampa. They're raising a million dollars. And then as he comes down this week, as his mom's got stage four cancer. And then three weeks later, she's in the hospital. She was intub intub intubated for the last probably week, I believe. And she just woke up yesterday. It's like things are going good, things are going good, things are going good, things are going good. And then a monster comes up. And we're not developed and we weren't built to have monsters to stay on us. We're not built to have monsters as our friends. And so that's why it's important that we take the thoughts, we captivate them, we throw them away or we tear them up or we burn them up. But the enemy attacked, the monster came out of Jesus for 40 days. And what happens with monsters that aren't dealt with, they become your normal lifestyle and you forget that they're actually monsters. I hope that makes sense today, because that's not the message, but if we just get so used to it, it becomes our normal, and it's not a mantra no more, that I'm like, hey, you have a mantra on your back. You're like, no, that's my friend. <laughs> We've been together for 10 years now, and we haven't broke up yet, and I'm used to him. He's used to me. And we all have that thing in our life that if we're not, if not dealt with, we can hang on to it. So for 40 days, Jesus ate nothing, and all that time, he became very hungry, Jesus fasted, by the way. You're like, why should we fast? Because Jesus fasted. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. Automatically, Satan, the enemy, goes right, to his, goes right to his stomach. He goes, hey, you're obviously hungry. Tell this stone to become a loaf of bread because the enemy knows what Jesus can do. And the enemy knows that Jesus can take a stone and turn it into, turn it into bread. And Jesus is full of miracles. And Satan, enemy, the enemy knows that God can do a miracle. So he goes, hey, turn this stone into a bread. But Jesus told him this. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. You're like, Weston, what do, we, what do we live by? Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world. I'm sorry, I didn't finish that. What do we live? We don't live by the bread alone, but we live by the bread of Jesus. Jesus is the, Bible says that Jesus is the bread of life. 
What a beautiful picture. We, it's hard for us to get our mind around that, but can you imagine, go home today, close your eyes, or go, go home today and put a, a, bake some bread. People don't do that anymore, but go home and break some, bake some muffins, and that smell, close your eyes, and that smell comes in. The Bible says that Jesus is the bread of life. That there's actually, Jesus actually has an aroma. There's a, there's a, there's a fragrance that Jesus gives out. When we're so close to Jesus, we can actually smell him. And we can feel him. Like, man, that's some weird Jesus stuff. I know, the Bible's full of weird Jesus. So the Bible says he's the bread of life. And, and, and Jesus says to him, hey, bro, we don't live by just bread alone. I might be hungry, but I need Jesus. The devil took him up and revealed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He goes, hey, I want to take you up. I want to show you all these kingdoms. And then the enemy says this, I will give you... <laughs> This is so funny because Satan promises us stuff that God already promises us. He goes, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and the authority over them. And the devil said this, because they are mine. <clears throat> they are mine to give anyone that I please. The enemy will try to convince you that he owns some things that he doesn't own. And so the enemy can't give you things that only God can give you. But some of us in here today, we bought into some lies and we're trying to get the enemy to give us some things. And the enemy can't give us things that only God can, that only God can, can give us. They're mine to give you. He goes, I'll give it all to you if you'll worship me. Verse eight, the Bible says, as Jesus replied, the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, this is important because the Bible says you can't serve two masters because you'll love one and you'll hate the other or you'll hate the one and you'll love the other. And if we're in here today and we're gonna be honest with you, it's sometimes easy for us to begin to serve two different masters. We can only serve one master well. We're not built to serve two masters. And so if you're serving stuff, you'll find out that stuff will betray you. If you put your stuff above God, then you'll find out that it will betray you. I saw Brent out in, in, the, in, the, um, in the parking lot and he was getting off his motorcycle, him and, him and Erica. And I'm like, man, these guys are so freaking cool. And, uh, and it was cold out there. And I said, Brent, can I ask you a question? He goes, yeah. I'm sure he got nervous. I said, do you think there'll be motorcycles when we get to heaven? I'm asking Brent. Probably Brent should be asking me that since I'm the pastor, but I'm asking Brent that. And Brent's like, well, I sure do hope so. You know, and I, and I looked at Eric, I'm like, Brent doesn't want to go to heaven unless there's motorcycles there. You know, like, I totally get it. And I think there will be motorcycles in heaven. I think there's gonna be some things in heaven that we probably thought that they weren't gonna, that they weren't gonna be there. But you and I, if we put our stuff above God, it, it, we, we get that out of order. If we put, put, put other people above God. I love Diana's, you, obviously God is working on Diana and all these groups and the more you're around spiritual people and you're around God's word and, and godly people, the more you're around those two things, you begin to change. But I love that God has been speaking to her and he's been speaking to her leaps and bounds and it's the reason why we beg everyone to get in a group because that's where God speaks to people. He speaks to us in here but he also speaks to us in groups and then we can, we can, we can flesh out what God is saying to us and we can be there to pick each other up when we fall down. But the enemy says, we're, we, the enemy says hey, I'm, I'll, if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you all this stuff that he doesn't even own. Verse nine, the, de the devil took him to Jerusalem. He took him to the highest point of the temple and he said this, if you are the son of God, jump off. If you're the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you. Now, the enemy was, the, God did send, this is, he quotes scripture. God does send angels to protect us, but they're not gonna protect us from doing stupid stuff. I mean, that's just, that's just a freebie in here today. He's like, hey, go jump off that mountain. Now God could protect him and God could spare him. And he was Jesus. And if Jesus wanted to, he could have landed on his feet. But he's like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? We've said this a thousand times. I heard it this past week at a seminar I was at this week. But our God's blessings are inside of his boundaries. Why would we go outside the boundaries and tempt God to protect us outside the boundaries? His blessings are inside the boundaries. He gives us a framework to work with. Jump off the scripture. He will order his angels to protect and guard you. And God will, and he can do that. 
And they'll hold you up with their hands so you don't even get hurt. You're, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And then Jesus responded. The scriptures also say this. I love that, that Jesus quotes scripture to everything that Satan throws at him. By the way, it's a good thing for you and I to learn. Why do we learn scripture? Because when the enemy comes up to us and lies to us, we have something to say to him. Or we can believe the lies that he tells us. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. If you fight the enemy long enough, he will leave you. If you'll fight the monsters long enough, they will begin to leave you. I want to give you three things that I think that, that the enemy wants to offer you today. Or I think that you, that you will struggle with today. Here's number one. Monsters will always offer you provision. Monsters will offer you provision. You got to take that down and write it down. Monsters will offer you They'll offer you provision, and it sounds really good. They'll say, hey, I want to give you this. If you do this, then I'm going to give you this. If you do this, then I'm going to give you this. If you do this, I'm going to give you this. But the monsters, they're going to offer you provision. And here's the reality. In America today, we all want more provision. But here's the problem with that. Monsters will, uh, monsters will offer you provision, but here's the deal. You, I don't want you to, don't mistake provision for poison. Don't mistake provision for poison. I think sometimes we say, man, God wants to, God's blessing me, but it's not God's blessing us. It's the enemy giving us things that we don't even need. Does that make sense today? Like, man, look at God gave me, but maybe it's the enemy giving you poison. And in here today, I, I thought about bringing up a, a huge piece of bread in here today, but I don't want to make anybody mad for all the gluten-free, taste-free, allergy-free, wheat-free, all those people. But if you're here today and I brought up a big old loaf of bread, I'm going to eat that. Too much of that bread can make me sick. Not only can it make me sick, but it can make me out of shape. Not only can it make me out of shape, but it can make, it can make me not feel as good as, as, I, as, I was, as I would like to feel. But I think so many people, they've mistaken provision and they're, they're really eating the poison from the enemy. Because here's the deal. God, said, God says, to, or the enemy says to, to God, hey, I'm gonna give you some bread. And he's like, hey, bro, hold up, pump the brakes. Jesus knew not to mistake provision from poison. Monsters will offer you provision. They will always offer you provision. But that provision really is poison. God wants to give you an abundant life. God wants to give you an abundant life. What's greater than an abundant life? There's nothing greater than the life that God wants to give you. Here's the second thing. Monsters will offer you power. And who doesn't want, who doesn't want power? There isn't anyone here today that'll say, you know, I don't really want any, I don't want any power. Monsters will offer you power. We live in a world where everybody wants more power. Everybody wants more power. Now, if I were to walk in tomorrow, I'll walk into the gym and I'll work out and Lee will give me a weight. And he'll say, hey, I want you to move this way. And this week, this, this weight is going to give you, this weight is going to give you strength. You got to move this weight in here today. But if I were to walk in there today and I walk into my backpack and he said, hey, I want you to take this weight and I want you to put it in your backpack. I want you to zip your backpack up. I want you to put your backpack on. I want you to walk around all week long. That would look silly. If you don't know how to use the weight, if you don't know how to use the, the, the weight, if you don't know how to use the, the thing that's going to make you strong, it actually can weigh you down. I, we do stuff in the gym sometimes. I'm like, this is, so, this, is, this is ridiculous. Like, we'll carry stuff. We'll carry 70 pounds on one side of our body. That, that doesn't make zero sense. That's what that looks like. It makes zero sense unless you have to go to Lowe's and buy an 80-pound bag of cement mix. And then it makes all the more sense. Because they sell you when you go to this CrossFit thing, they sell you it's functional fitness. It helps you do regular day, day things. Well, I'll be honest with you today. I walked in there, I grabbed the guy, said, can I help you with the cement? I said, absolutely not. I walk around 400 meters 
with 70 pounds like this, it looks silly in the back of the, the back of Publix. But when I walk into Lowe's and I grab that thing by my arm and throw it on my shoulder, it does not look silly anymore. I'm like, that's why he says it's functional fitness. Now it makes sense. When I'm getting ready for fall festival today, I got to load a bunch of stuff in my truck. And I'm thinking, man, why am I picking up this stuff off the ground and picking it up in the gym? This is a dumb exercise. But when I can walk up and pick up three or four cases of soda and turn over and put it in my truck and slide in, then it makes a lot more sense. And I want to encourage you today that some of you guys in here today, you're living lives and enemy is giving you weights and you could be getting stronger and you could be getting better, but you've got it in your backpack and you're just walking around with the weight because the enemy told you, I'm going to give you power. Here's the problem with the power from the enemy. Power from the enemy, it actually makes you weak. It actually makes you, power from the enemy actually makes you weak. We have a lot of people like, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. I don't want you to confuse today that you, I think so many people, they confuse worldly power with spiritual power. And I don't know about you, but I hope at some point in your life, you'll begin to choose spiritual power more than you'll choose worldly power. I saw Brent this week got, got, a, got his, his first muscle up. A muscle up is awesome in a gym, but when a monster jumps inside of your mind, a muscle up can't help you. You follow me? Like, that's great. You know, my son, we went to Disney this week and, and my son said, dad, you remember you pushed that car? You remember you got out of the car and you helped that guy push that car? And I was like, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <clears throat> Here's what I know that spiritual power is more important to me than worldly power or physical power. Is physical power important? Absolutely. I think you need to help, it helps you. It's gonna, it's gonna help you. It's gonna help you live longer and it's gonna help your body, all those things. But I think we gotta be careful where we get our power from. You better be careful where you get your power from. I hope your power comes from the Lord because that will last forever. That will last for our power from the enemy will make you weak. Here's the third thing. Monsters will offer you position. Hey, God, why don't you come up here and I will give you all of this up here if you'll bow down. Here's what I wrote down. Here's what God spoke to me this week. The highest position in the world doesn't compare to the position that we have in Christ. The highest position in the world. I'd rather be a son of God than a CEO, a CFO or see anything else though. I would much rather that. My position in Christ is way more important. I'd rather be a child of God, like we sang about just a few moments ago, we'll sing about it, I'd rather be a child of God than a king of this world. Would much rather. I'd rather be a servant of Jesus than to be a slave to the world. I'd rather be following Jesus and just chugging along the way and making progress that have some great position. I was talking to a friend of mine today, super, super, super successful business owner. And he's leading this Pop Warner organization. I think I might've told you guys about him last week. And I was talking with him again this week. And he, we were talking about this idea of, of position that so many people in this world, they, want, they just want position. They want their name recognize. I grew up in a home where I was like, man, your name is the most important thing. Your name is the most important thing. But at some point in my life, I had to take on my own faith and not have the faith that my parents gave me. And I realized that the name of Jesus is way more important than my last name. I would much rather carry the name of Jesus than carry my own, than carry my own last name. We're like, well, man, that might be, that might be a far fetch. Well, I mean, I was in the car this week and, I, and, and God said, hey, and I was talking to myself because it happens. 
And I was, I was, here's what I was, here's the full conversation I have myself. I said, God, I don't ever wanna, I'm putting these signs out. Pastor Josh got a Sunday off. I'm putting the signs out, usually he does it. And I'm out there putting the signs out, trips in the car, he's talking to me. I'm clearly not listening to him, but he's talking, he's always talking. Pray for me, I'm just kidding. And I, I, here's what I said, here's what came to mind. I was like, God, I don't ever, I'm thinking about who's gonna come to church, who's not gonna come to church, because that's what pastor's thinking about. I'm thinking, God, I don't ever wanna be in a position where I don't wanna go to church. That's a conversation I'm having myself. Because a lot of people have that conversation, like, oh man, it's cold out. I was thinking, uh, my friend Tabitha's here today. Are you Tabitha? She's like, nod your head. I met Tabitha. I haven't met Tabitha yet. She just came for the very first time, and I'm assuming it's her, and she nodded her head, and so it worked out really good. But she's coming from the Northeast, from friends of mine, um, the Foxes, and um, they're, they're friends of mine, and we traveled to ministry together, and their friend moved to out by Disney, and she invited her to church. And I thought to myself, now, in Orlando, this is cold for us in Orlando, but some of you, some of you guys, if you from the Northeast, like my buddies, they're gonna go to, they're gonna be shoveling off their church's sidewalk, and we're gonna be down here complaining about cold, and not gonna want to leave our house because like this is cold, like this is cold for some Floridians, and it's funny because there are some people that didn't go to church, they're like it's, it's cold outside. I mean, it looks, I can really, I can really see out there, but it's cold out there. I'll wait till 10:45 because it'll be warmer, and then you're like, oh, it's only gonna be 70 degrees. I'll stay inside. And I was talking to myself and I was saying, God, I don't ever wanna to get to the place in my life where I don't wanna to go to church. I wanna always wanna to go to church. I just always want that. And there are some people that things happen and they, and they stray away and they're real things. That, that I'm not saying they're not real things, but I don't ever wanna to get to that place where I don't wanna be around church. And, I, and then I had this next thought, I'm like, well, why do I want that? Why would I not wanna leave church? And, and I was like, I was, I'm asking myself all these questions. I know you're like, this is weird that you talk to yourself. <laughs> Don't judge me. And I was saying, because God, when I walk in here today, when I walk in here, I'm always encouraged. I'm always inspired by the word of God. And I know how much I need it now. I don't want to get to the place where I feel like I don't need God's word and I don't need God and I don't need godly people in my life. I always want to have those things in my life. But the monster will offer you provision, will offer you power, will offer you position. But here's what I know. Monsters will always offer you something that they cannot provide. Monsters will always offer you something that they cannot provide. And you may be thinking, well, Wes, you missed it because maybe they can provide it, but they can't provide it permanently. They can offer you temporary peace, but only God can offer you a permanent peace. They can offer you some sort of provision. It may be financial provision, but can I tell you, provision of God is so much greater than financial provision. It's so much greater. So I've asked you this three weeks in a row and this is the fourth week in here today and, and maybe you're encouraged today because you're like, man, well, it's so good to know that there's there's some monsters. This is, I people come to church and I ask them why they come to church. They say, man, I just, it's so practical. The stories are actually, I can take these out. I can memorize this stuff and I can take it out of here. Here's what I want you to take out of here today is I need you to know I need all of us in here to know that we're not built to carry around monsters. And that we have to give those monsters to God and he can handle them and he can handle them and only he can handle them permanently. We're not meant to live with monsters in our life. We are meant to give those to God and let him take them. Now here's what we're gonna do next. We're gonna take communion together. And I love taking communion together. 
because it is for the family. Like you're like, well, are we family now? We are. If you're in here today and you're a son or daughter of Jesus, you're the son of a king, and you're son of, you're a son or daughter of Jesus, then you're in here today, then then you're your family. You're family with us today. <clears throat> you have to have that relationship with Jesus. So we're gonna take communion in just a moment, but communion is really for the it's for the family. Jesus, when Jesus left this earth, he goes, Hey guys, let's get together, we're gonna eat together. And he takes the bread and he takes the blood and he begins to break it and hands it out to the guys and takes the bread and gives it out to the guys and they give him the cup. And at this point, whenever Jesus gave out the bread and the blood, he, there was no, um, at this point, there was no, there was no cross. This is right before the cross, this, this bread and blood thing. And they're having their last meal together. And Jesus says, hey guys, I want you to always remember me. And if you remember me, it will make the monster stay away. If you remember me, it will make your life better. If you remember me, you'll have better quality life. If you remember me, you'll be better with your finances. If you remember me, you'll be better with your with your family. If you're better, if you're if you remember me, you'll be a better all. You will you will progress in the right way if you're if you're remembering me. If you remember me, it's hard for us to remember things, and so we take communion and we take communion because we want us we want to always remember what God has done for us, and the more we remember the cross. The more we remember the cross, the more we will remember the things of the cross. And while we'll the, the things of the cross, they're positive, they're life-giving. The cross is such a life-giving thing. It's not a negative thing for us. It's a life-giving thing. So I wanna encourage you today that we're gonna remember all that God's done for us. The greatest thing he ever did for us was the cross. But if you're here today and you're like, man, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then this is your moment. This is your if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then this is your mother. This is your chance to join the family. This is your, you're like, I don't know if I want to get in this family. It's gonna be awesome. We have the crazy uncle. We got the uncle that never ever shows up to things. We got the uncle that shows up with the girlfriend, a different one, every single, every single holiday. Like, it's gonna be awesome. It's a crazy family, but we're all here and we're all together and we all have some sort of dysfunction. Scott and I were talking about this week. We, every family has some sort of dysfunction but there's room for more people in the family.